Hey, what's up, everybody? Cool. Final podcast of 2019. Um, I'm so privileged and so happy to be here and share uh, the final episode with you guys for 2019, episode 8. Um, you're going to hear a little bit of a white noise in the background. Those are the beautiful waves of Mazeppa Bay. Uh, this podcast will be up on YouTube, um, so you guys can go ahead and watch it there uh, on my YouTube channel, PH Journals. Um, yeah, just... I'm pretty going to do this solo. Um, I find it a perfect situation to... uh, This is where everything started and um, it's pretty cool to do the final one uh, at the place where everything started. So we had the beautiful uh, Transkai location in Mazeppa Bay. Um, Picture perfect day today. Uh, The sea is crap cold though. Uh, so I won't be doing any swimming. But uh, another less, it's New Year's Eve, so the excitement's in the air. Um, and just ready for 2020. Um, like I said, I'm going to do this solo, so I'm just going to touch base on a few points and uh, what, a few memories from the past year. And um, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. It's not going to be a long one. So um, yeah, just going to sit back and have a little bit of a conversation with you guys. Um, just got to give a big shout out once again to Max's Tires. Uh, love Tires. Uh, my mom, my brother, my wife and my beautiful daughter. Just thanks so much for everything you guys have done for me throughout the year. And then, uh, yeah, just a big thumbs up to everybody that supported me thus far. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't, um, didn't think I would get the reception I have and I've been very fortunate to meet some good people along this wonderful journey so um yeah we're taking every day as it comes and um i'm just so blessed to be here and i'm just so thankful for everyone's support so thanks very much everyone for uh supporting me on this awesome journey um yeah so sit back relax episode eight and uh have a good one cool okay so welcome uh those of you that will be watching this on youtube um welcome uh thanks so much for joining us uh, this will be the first podcast on youtube um i hope the audio is a little bit better um so yeah just excuse if i pick my cell phone up or anything like that during the podcast it's just to take a few photos of this magnificent view i want to share with you guys and um yeah it's just it's it's a picture perfect day so um i can't do it justice but i'll try so guys basically um yeah on the final podcast i'm just gonna yeah for 2019 uh obviously a lot planned for 2020 um and i'm sure a lot of us do have a few new year's resolutions and stuff so yeah i'm just gonna firstly reminisce a bit on uh, 2019 and all the top moments that I've had then and um, what's led me up to this point um, so far in my career and uh, I feel pretty blessed to be here and be able to share these memories with you guys because um, I didn't expect it to go so well uh, for the first year especially but um, I'm pretty stoked that it's here and it's 
It's happening. So um, first things first, we uh, got the podcast going. Uh, that was in Easter this year. Uh, I had my brother on it. The whole idea behind the podcasting was we sat around. Um, we had a few beers and we were just discussing and we were like, well, you know what? Not many professional hunters are sharing their stories and uh, not not too many guys coming over into South Africa know um, or understand the the PH's backgrounds and um, they don't they underestimate the importance of, of a professional hunter uh, in the hunting industry. So the whole idea was to start a podcast, to start a YouTube channel, um, my Instagram and everything just to make sure, make people aware of um, us as PH's, what our daily routines and uh, what we go through in preparation for to make these safari is so successful so that, that that was the whole idea behind it uh, little did i know it would get a little bit bigger than um expected um but yeah i'm just i'm happy where we are at the moment and uh, I, i'm really looking forward for the future so yeah our first podcast was my brother you know, the whole idea behind that was was just to <coughs> get a little bit of a a background on myself um and him but uh yeah, mainly myself to see where everyone, where I came from and what led me to this point of becoming a professional hunter. And um, yeah, so that, that was the whole idea. Uh, it went off well, but like every everything, it's it's got to start somewhere and um, I'm hoping to progress uh, from that first episode. But um, yeah, happy where we are now. So we launched a podcast in, um, in Easter uh yeah and then the, the hunting season started i remember the first hunter this year um, i hunted a gentleman mark uh fantastic guy came over with huge expectations um obviously he did his homework he knew he had to shoot far distances and um he knew the species he was hunting was uh inquired him to shoot uh at distance um but it's a lot different different coming from the american side of things to to south africa because once you put those different species or that different animal in front of you the in south africa we call it buck fever buck fever um yeah so we went out um my fond memory of the whole hunt was obviously the kudu hunt that was well documented on my social media pages but uh so we got out and on his package is a kudu and we bumped probably about two or three magnificent kudu bulls and um <laughs> he just couldn't pull the shot off it um could see it could get it in his sights and just like we said buck fever got the best of him sometimes i mean um there was a point where i had my foot against the shooting sticks we were pretty well set up. They were on the ridge about 120 yards away from us, uh, just pretty much grazing up the ridge. And um, all I felt, uh, and I actually thought it was my dog next to me, and all I felt was slight vibrations, and um, it was him on the shooting stick. So, yeah, unfortunately, he missed. I think we missed a few opportunities on that, which is not a bad thing. I mean, a lot of guys, he was pretty bummed. The whole safari you know so we saw these kudu in the first two or three days but he was bummed the whole safari that he missed these opportunities and 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 
one thing people must understand that these opportunities do come around and it's best to take them when they present themselves and don't always get the mentality oh no i'll save i'll save the shot for one bigger later or whatever because those chances never come around but also on the other um other side of the coin is when you do miss these opportunities don't get disheartened don't uh hang your head don't feel embarrassed or anything like that these things happen um i mean my mountain reback this year i missed about three or four times so and i know i know what's going through and i know the process the best is just to relax reset and uh do everything over again breathe well you know um yeah so i i could see throughout the safari especially missing these opportunities we have five or six of them at this time and it was getting disheartened and um it it can mess around with your head a little bit and it does i've seen it but uh yeah, they come the final day, early morning, um, jump in the pickup, we head to the top of the ridge, still dark, fortunately we get there in good timing, um, and eventually we see this old, extremely old kudubul, probably one of the oldest ones I've ever shot, um, all by himself, in a dried out riverbed, we spotted him on the top of the ridge, and he made his way down, while we were walking towards him, to get within that 250 to 300 range where, where I knew he was comfortable so we did and um, by that stage he had moved into the dry riverbed and we were probably sitting at about 125 yards away from him but up on the cross so the angle came into play um, yeah Mark pulled a fantastic shot uh, dropped him with one shot dropped him on the spot and you can imagine the excitement and everything they went through we had a great safari other than the kudus so the species we shot I mean he shot a monster springback beautiful uh, mountain reback so yeah those <clears throat> the whole safari leading up to that point was was just a stellar start to the season and um, I'm pretty stoked to have have done it so um yeah, so that was the first hunt in the bag. Um, and then I, I started getting back into my training. I knew I was a little bit out of condition, especially going into the season. I always like to keep my fitness up, especially for those sort of hunts, because, you know, you're climbing the mountains and that. And as well, I knew later on in the year I would hunt uh, my good friend, Jared Habble, um, from African Hunts. So... I try to get into the best possible shape because I knew we were going to do the whole Barbara Sheep thing again like we did the previous year. And, um, yeah, so I got into this whole thing in the Iron Man bug bit, um, watching it on TV. Obviously, that was during the same period. Um, and I decided that I was going to do the Iron Man for rhino conservation. So <coughs> every I was going to try and raise funds for if I completed the the Iron Man, and uh, yeah, so that all got on the way, and it was going pretty well, I bought myself a decent bicycle, I uh, got training up to schedule, and um, got on with the online trainer, obviously being in Queenstown, we weren't, we never had all the resources possible, so you had to do as much as you can, uh, I never liked going into these big things with um, without any preparation and the best knowledge possible, so that's what I did, did a lot of reading, did a lot of research, and the training was going wonderful, and um, yeah, yeah, so we had the Habbles and come along, 
and uh, that was something very special and I said this in one of my interviews um, which you can hopefully shortly find on YouTube but um, yeah so the whole family came along and I was pretty privileged to take this hunt uh, we had a lot of memorable um, moments big black wildebeest um, magnificent barber sheep um, but uh, yeah unfortunately we didn't get to do the hippo this year like we did last year um, so yeah, that the, the hippo story, um, I know I did a little bit of a blog on it, but people don't understand the the level that hippo hunt put me at. And I realized there and then that I still had a lot to learn and I had, I had learned a lot. Um, and my experience was right up there. So, yeah, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put too many feathers in my hat. I couldn't have planned it any better. Um, I couldn't have done much differently other than get a boat. Um, I'm talking about the hippo now. So, yeah, that, that was one of the most remarkable hunts I've ever been on and I probably will ever be on. Um, uh, you know, it's it's just something that will stick in the memory bank for a very, very long time. And um, so, just to fill everyone in that hasn't followed the story is... Uh, last year we um, got a tag to go and hunt a big male hippo in uh, the Fish River which was uh, it's on the coastline it's the old Siska um, as far as the South African geography is concerned I think that's the right way to say it but yeah so it's the old Siska uh, magnificent river there's a Fish River Reserve on it as well so what happened is Fish River Reserve bought all these hippo, and like everyone knows, hippos don't stay in one place, and they like to wander there you know, all over the show. So <coughs> we they found recorded hippo sightings along the riverbanks, and um, unfortunately there was a little settlement, probably about 10, 15 k's down the river, towards the river mouth, and uh, there there was a big old hippo bull causing a little bit of havoc in the in the village they used to call it kufa kwamanzi so that which means uh water death so um got hold of the locals uh, went down uh, i met up with the chief there can't remember his name uh, i think i did post a few photos of him uh, on social media and just try to understand the whole logistics of the thing and um yeah, so pretty much um, there's a huge river that runs uh, on the on, on the side of this village. And there was roads going down, but the roads were horrendous. I mean, my, my pickup struggled going down and coming back up. But so they had tractors there that they had patched together. Anyway, most of the stuff I had done by hands and, and feet walking the stuff up and so pretty much what happened is they used to come down and harvest the maize and there were pumpkins there were um, butternut there were a whole bunch whole range of vegetables in in these lands along the riverbeds and obviously attracted the, the hippo um, and the hippo would come out obviously uh, sunrise sunset the whole routine bathe in the sun in during the day when on colder days and anyway so came towards um the evening and this little boy was helping his grandmother in the field um 
stumbled across a bit of a noise in the in the high maze. So the maze is probably about shoulder height. And uh, obviously being a little bit inquisitive, inspected where the noise was coming from. And uh, as he, before he could have any chance of getting away, uh, the hippo obviously with one little bite. Um, the boy lost his life. So, you know, in a sense that it, it was a big old male um, hippo that obviously was kicked out of the herd, couldn't keep up with the youngsters anymore. I mean, when we the first time we saw him, he had big white, um, big white eyelashes around his eyes, and his pigment started fading in his face. And uh, you, you could definitely see it was a bull at his prime. He had a big old head, big square head. Um, yeah, definitely, you know, definitely at the top of the picking order as far as bulls wanting to harvest so or shoot or whatever you want to call it but uh yeah so this this hippo was doing this with the locals obviously it caused a bit of stir in the local village you know they didn't want to um go down and harvest without any equipment and so the government put these tags out on tender and obviously we were very fortunate to get one anyway get the tender pop down and uh man it's thick there it is so thick you you're probably on your hands and knees crawling through shrub you've got a rifle on your shoulder um, you know you're just taking all the precautionary measures because you're probably about four or five feet away from the bank um, but yet you you're in his territory if he wants to come out there and bulldoze whatever's in his way he's going to do it so you, you're always on edge your blood's racing uh, insects are in you um, you uh, it was just one incredible, incredible experience. And, you know, we couldn't, uh, we were trying to spot from above, spot down on them. We would see the odd heads pop up every now and then. But nothing, you know, nothing to say, you know, nothing to give us a set plan and say, okay, they're going to pop their heads out at this point. We need to be there um, and pull off some shots. But, so basically what we did after about two or three days chasing this bull up and down the river because every time he would see us he would just you know bounce under the water a few steps further than us so um yeah that was pretty cool and so as we kept moving down river it kept bouncing and it was just something completely different so yeah it's, it's you know it's it's he he's obviously pushing with the tide so the further he's moving down the harder it is for us to get closer to him. so anyway so we devised this plan there were two or three spots up river where our pickup couldn't get to but we could get there on foot so what i did is i put my two trackers in uh courtman and william and then i had a local with me um as well they called him two feet i don't know why but anyway so he came with me and we set up right down where there was a bend in the river and on that bend before before you got to the end of the bend there was huge crances on the on, on our side so we couldn't go any further with our feet so we set up there uh, we put jared on the sticks and gave my trackers radio so we we're always in communication obviously silently but we we're always in communication so they started driving down and uh yes we, we must have been sitting there for about 45 minutes at least 
and uh, two feet taps me on my leg and he says listen underneath there there's like an overhanging tree and underneath there there's there's that big big hippo now you could s distinctly see him like i said he lost a lot of pigment in his face so um yeah it was i mean anyone would be able to size him up and spot him out so set jared up um and this is probably where i learned a lot in my hunting career and i i, I wish i did a little bit more research on it um, i've always done a lot of skivvy hunts on hippo so i knew where shot placement was and i knew how it needed to look um but uh i panicked and i rushed and i think this is where i could have learned you know from the whole situation so basically what happened is the hippo backed i don't know why and i don't know at that point why i decided to back out of the the tree in the shadow and as he backed out he just had the back of his head facing us so um and all i said to jared was you you take the middle of the head about two inches down and uh which he did and the shot went off and everything happened like i've always seen it happen there was kicking around there was thrashing there was legs up in there and complete silence so after a lot of debating and whether we should go into now you must remember there's probably about between 150 hippo 150 probably maybe in the in the whole river so at that stage we had spotted a lot of females with little ones and two two other bulls um but yeah so the river was just riddled um and of course this bigger bull was with a little one not a little bull but he obviously was kicked out as well you couldn't keep up with it so yeah basically that's what happened so we were trying to decide whether we should go in or not um no amount of dollars were ever gonna bribe me to get into that river so we veered around we went all the way around it took us about an hour hour and a half to get onto the other side so we had to go there via pickup once we got to the other side uh two feet that was with me we sort of negotiated which was public land which was private land because on the other side there is public land as well so veered into the one open gate was wide open went all the way down to exactly where the spot was where we shot the hippo and while we're busy pr progging around there's this older gentleman that rocked up there with a handgun and a pack of dogs behind him and his farm manager and shouting and he, he's going on and eventually after the whole situation calmed down he knew i was i knew he was and um got a little bit of a conversation going he wasn't happy about the whole uh hippo hunting story um, and the more we're trying to you know prove the prove our innocence the more he's gunning at us but anyway we managed to calm the situation and uh yeah unfortunately you know whether the hippo is still around or not um whether it washed up a few corners later uh i don't know we we did manage to get a boat the next day uh and just no no sign of where any wounded hippo would be or in the reeds or anything like that so yeah an experience that i'll hold close to my heart for a very very long time and um i was very privileged to be on that hunt um, again unfortunately we didn't we came back empty-handed but yeah i'm just so blessed to have shared that moment with you know with jared and um 
Yeah, it's a tr- tr- was something that will be in the memory bank for a very long time. Um, yeah, so that's out of Jared's hand throughout the year, you know, obviously spending time with his kids. Um, that was something very close to me because um, I, I enjoy kids and I enjoy hunting them. I'm very, I can, you know, I... I was I was probably around about their age when I shot my first animal, so I can relate to a lot of the situations. Um, you know, being calm on the sticks, not pushing people, um, is is something that I think is very key in today, um, and that's how you limit your mistakes. Uh, touch wood. Um, we had 100% recovery rate this year, so um, yeah. Um, I was very happy with the whole hunt, um, how everything went. We just had a phenomenal time. There's so many, like I said, special moments was with the kids. Um, but, I mean, other than that, uh, we shot that ginormous uh, Cape Graceback, um, which was something that I'll hold uh, very high up there as far as my top five animals are concerned. Um magnificent hunt on a barber sheep and yeah i mean from white blessed back to you know just to so many different species we just shot good quality animals and i'm I'm very very happy with that hunt and you know it's definitely one for the memory book then um yeah then time went on and it wasn't much longer that we waited and uh my good friend pat dugan came out uh with his wife asha and um, the whole purpose of their, them coming out, I, this will be the third time I hunted with Pat. Second time with Jared, but third time with Pat this year. And uh, we, the first time it was just him and his buddy Dan. And the second time, which was also a very special hunt to me, um, was him and his and his father. And then this time was... Him, his two girls, his wife, and himself. So, uh, yeah, this was this was just another one of those hunts of pets that everything just fell into place. Whatever we went for that day came, stuck its head out, and the quality was exceptional. So, I'm very happy with how everything turned out there. Um, yeah, again, also the special moments was sharing it with his family, their first animals, blooding them. Um... Yeah, it was just it was just a magnificent safari all 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 around, and uh, got to share a special moment with him when he renewed his vows with with Asha. So yeah, so um, as far as PHing goes, there's not a lot I would would have changed. Um, I was very fortunate and I was very blessed to have shared a lot of special moments with a lot of good people and a lot of special people that mean a lot to me. So. Yeah, um, and then as f- as far as you know, just the all round um, experiences that I had this year was was just next level, and um, I'm so looking forward to 2020 because if 2020 is anything like 2019, uh, I've got a good year coming up. But um, yeah, so Pat finished, and then um, I went into my yearly hunt that I do with uh, um, with our non-profitable organization, Roundtable. Uh, we went to a good friend of mine's, 
past friend of mine's game farm, Koreadal, uh, in Ellawal North. It's just on the border of the Eastern Cape in the Free State, uh, on on the Orange River there. Um, this place plays a very special part in my heart. Um, it's where my good friend Richard van der Berg unfortunately lost his life about a year, year and a half ago um, due to a car accident. But um, I shot my water back there. I shot my mountain re back there this year. So something that I hold very, very close to my heart. And I see a bright future for the place. Um, so, yeah, that went along there. Um, obviously in the heart of winter. So piping cold it's extremely cold not, not like any temperatures we, they get up north there but it is it is extremely cold so yeah i had a lot of fun um a lot of beverages were consumed and a lot of special moments shared with a lot of special friends of mine so yeah so i was happy with how the whole thing panned out there and then um yeah we went i did did a corporate hunt um, in a game farm just outside uh, Queenstown, Maweni, Maweni Game Reserve. Um, fantastic place, uh, beautiful hunting conditions, um, magnificent animals, and yeah, we had a, a field group there, so that was something pretty cool to me. I met a lot of nice people, a lot of interesting guys, and uh, that's always something I've always enjoyed about doing the corporate side of things is that you can always... Um, you meet so many different people so from so many different walks of life and other business opportunities within South Africa and how they see the future of, of our country going forward and yeah so that was that was pretty cool um, a lot of good hunting we had a lot of good hunting a lot of good you know um, experiences and that, that that's that's been my whole thing especially about this year and, and that's what I set my goal out to be excuse me right from the start was that i wanted to get as much as i possibly can out of my hunting as far as experience and knowledge wise as possible because um the next two years are going to be tough as far as the droughts concerned number one and number two animal quality ethics are going to come into play uh we'll see a lot of phs a lot of uh, outfitters um, falling by the wayside by not being ethical I think that's going to be a big part to play with in South Africa um, so I just want to talk about that a little bit so obviously South Africa is going through one of the worst droughts past, well, in the past 100 years I guess um, I heard somebody say that I don't know why that figures in my head but anyway it's 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 extremely bad it's the worst our generation's ever seen so what's going to happen now is this year was was a little bit of a touch and go because we were in it, but we weren't quite in it, and now, now it's hit um, breaking point. So a lot of the bigger guys are going to stick around. Um, a lot of the guys that are doing things ethically, um, selling experiences rather than just throwing lead at every moving thing possible. Um, trophy quality is going to play a big part. So the guys that have preserved their herds, um, looked after their numbers, um, shot quality, shot the oldest bull, um, done that sort of homework I feel are like going to be the ones that are going to see this whole drought out and come out on top um, the guys that have chased the buck um, to make a quick pen penny here and there and done things a little bit unethically um, shot poor quality animals uh, 
anything goes type thing. Those are the guys that only see their asses a little bit because, um, you know, at the end of the day, the American economy is only getting stronger and you're going to have more guys coming out and wanting to spend more money and um, not only on the hunting side of things, but as far as the experiences are concerned. And I think that's where the big differential part will come in. And the guys that are that are doing it the right way, the ethical way, um, will will come out on top. And uh, yeah, that's going to be a very important point coming into next year. So as far as PHN is concerned, um, again, I would only recommend to um, any young PH coming through the ranks now and looking to get into the market for next year, looking to associate himself with a good outfitter. Um, guys, just do things by the book. Learn from the older generation. I know sometimes it's difficult and you always think you know better, but I've been so fortunate in my career to do as many hunts as possible with the older guys. Um, and I've learned so much from them. And that's that's been the biggest thing is that I've, I've always been a bit of a hard-ass when it came to um, learning from my parents or, you know, from the, from my old, older folk inside my family because, you know, you have a little bit of that attitude when you're growing up. Um, but I've been very fortunate as far as the hunting side is to not be so stubborn and learn from from the older guys which i've been very blessed and i probably wouldn't be sitting here right now if i hadn't had learned from them so i'm very happy so yeah my advice is coming in don't think you know better than anyone else um don't think you're better than anyone else out there remember you're dealing with other people's money so um every every little experience um from showing a little dung beetle pushing a shit ball around the lodge to um, caracal tracks to whatever sell them the whole experience do the whole thing because that at the end of the day makes who you are in the future so um, that's something I'm going to start striving towards more um, is I think people uh, just come over and throw a bit of lead throw a bit of money want the biggest trophy possible but at the end of the day, I feel that it's the experience that they're missing out on. And whether my client's going forward like it or not, that's what's going to be coming. And I, I think that's important. Share cultural differences within South Africa. You know, take them down here to the beautiful Transcar. Show them what, you know, what these guys have been doing to get by in life. And um, how stress-free they live and all that sort of stuff. So that's pretty much... Um, if I had to give any advice based on this year, that's what it would be. And um, sell experience, sell yourself. Um, there's nothing like a good PH promo. Like I said earlier in the podcast, is I feel that the PHs are the most underrated assets on any outfitter's books that there is. And the reason why I say that is that these guys are trusted, we're entrusted with a hell of a lot of money. Um, often in their 20s most often in their 20s and um, they they meant to deliver on on the fee that's been paid and I don't think youngsters of today especially in the PH world understand what huge responsibility this is and um, 
they need to start taking serious and yeah so again that's that's pretty much what i'm going to do is try and get my clients and my you know my friends the best possible or the the most for their back as possible and um, the only way you're going to do that is sharing some our beautiful landscape our beautiful country um some amazing cultures and um yeah i'm looking very very forward to 2020 um yeah so other than that um going forward into 2020 uh so i've made a big decision uh, i shared this with my family thus far so i watched the uh controversial documentary on the game changers so my personal opinion on it is there's a lot of truth in it there's a lot of good facts um but the thing that concerns me, obviously, being a hunter, is uh, sustainability. I don't think if everyone moved more of its plant-based foods, that this world would be able to sustain um, the large numbers of crop we'll have to grow. I don't think we have enough land for that. And don't tell me that oh, I must look at industrial, um, industrial farming and all that sort of crap because that's it's just boiling down to what you you're trying to against you know so yeah so I've made a decision um, I'm gonna be cutting out a lot of the the um, dairy side of things not because um, of any other reason other than my health um, I think that plays a big part uh, the thing that got me was the the blood vessels um, how they clog up with with cholesterol and all of that flowing. And look, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not a scientist and I don't know too much about it, but it just makes a little bit of sense to me. So once I get to my desired weight and then I'll reassess and see if it's actually worth going back onto dairy products or anything like that. But um, yeah, so The Game Changers for me was, was a fantastic documentary. The podcast with Joe Rogan, um, Chris Kreese, I think his name was, and James Wilkes. It was fantastic. A lot of good insights and um, a lot of stuff I didn't know. Um, a lot of stuff I disagree with, but a lot of stuff I agree with. And um, yeah, I'll, I'm hopefully on on this particular podcast I'll be having. Uh, there's a good friend of mine, and we'll chat a little bit about animal nutrition, uh, what actually goes into these cattle. Uh, in South Africa, I'll be talking about not. I can't speak abroad, but. Um, yeah, so we'll uh, hopefully this year I'll dive down into more of the that sort of stuff. So, yeah, um, and then of 2020, I want to do a lot more hunting for myself, hopefully, and I'll pray that I get finally get my bush back. Um, it will be my 12th year running straight that I haven't got one. It's not because um, I haven't had the opportunities it's just because I've, I've number one I've been a little bit picky and number two it's that buck fever thing that comes into play I mean my good friend Justin Stratton had me on sticks at about 80 yards on one and I, I shook like a dithering idiot and I just couldn't pull off the shot so you know it's not like I haven't had the opportunities and <laughs> it's just uh it's one animal on my bucket list that I need to tick off and Man, have I got so much respect for that animal and the clients that have hunted with me before. They'll know how much I love hunting that particular animal. And uh, yeah, so that's on that's on the agenda. And then um, obviously to grow my social media side of things. And when I say that, I would like to do a lot more podcasting. 
and get my YouTube channel running. Um, I bought some fantastic equipment for um, videoing my hunts. So hopefully I get to share that with you guys. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, you know, 2020, as far as South Africa is concerned, I've got to stay positive. Um, I've seen a lot of good things coming out. So um, definitely our president's doing the right things. Uh, a lot of people get frustrated because they want to see surface stuff. Um, but I know behind closed doors, a lot of the good stuff's happening. Uh, don't be scared about the land claims. Um, we'll cross that bridge if it comes up again. But um, I've got to be positive. I've got to stay positive because this is home. This is where I want to be. I don't want to be anywhere else. And uh, yeah, it's. I'm I'm so looking forward to 2020 because I just I've got such a good feeling about it that, you know, everything, everything's going to turn around. You know. Um, yeah. So other than that, guys, that was. My little solo podcast to end off uh, Stella 2019. Um, it's New Year's Eve now, so I'm going to start sinking a few more beers and uh, celebrating with my family. And uh, I just, again, I want to say thank you to everyone that's been a part of this journey. Um, I can't believe it's got us to this point where we are now. Um, this podcast will be on YouTube, uh, PH Journals, the PH Journals, sorry. Um, so yeah pop around subscribe share like um just thank you so much for all the support i, I can't tell you how much i appreciate it I, I really didn't think i will i would be in this position only a year into into this whole setup so um I, i'm so grateful and i feel so fortunate um as far as the iron man is concerned hey guys cool sorry so as far as the iron man um things concerned unfortunately i slipped a disc at the end of this year so um, i've only started being back into training now um i'll get that going and i'll creep it up a bit so for 2021 i'll get that up and running um and as far as conservation stuff's concerned keep a lookout we're busy with uh, some fitness socks um all proceeds will go to rhino conservation rhino horn uh, legalization and um yeah i'm just really really looking forward to 2020 so um if you guys have got any recommendations as far as podcasting uh, or some things i need to do on my social media i'd highly appreciate it um yeah and obviously just keep them clean um i don't want to have any bad vibes as far as hunting and trying to beat off some tree agers but um yeah, just thanks so much for everybody. Thanks for all the support. Um, cheers to 2020. Uh, really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you guys soon. Have a good one, guys. And uh, have a good New Year's. Cheers.